This is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. This is Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. I'm Jess Ghanem. And this is Jamal Dejani. Jamal, we, we have a fantastic and really interesting show today. We are really fortunate uh, to have Professor Rabab Abdelhadi in studio. We're going to be covering a lot of territory today having to do with attacks on academic freedom, bullying, and trauma and its impact, not just on what's happening in the Senate today with the attack of uh, Dr. Ford, which we'll spend some time going into, but the overall attempt by dominant power structures in society to attack, bully, and silence academics in the academy. And the primary example of that, if we've been following for years, has been the attack on Professor Rabab Abdelhadi and the attacks on people who believe in the indivisibility of justice and, and what's happening in Palestine. So all of these things, Jamal, intersect. There is an intersectionality between what's happening in D.C., and what's yes. happening in San Francisco. For sure. And, and uh, we're and, gonna and talk about all those things today. And, and what's happening in Palestine. Yeah, yeah. 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 this is what yeah. I was gonna yeah. say because yeah. we connect trauma with also oppression, the bullying mm. is also right. with yeah. oppression. Yeah. And uh, just to update our listeners, uh, you know, today uh, I'm sure probably most of America, if not the world, you know, everyone ha- has have been watching uh, these hearings live. We've been listening to them. I, I, I was listening and watching it, watching these hearings early in the morning and in my car, you and I were listening the, to, to them together. And the this recent update, of course, we heard uh, early on the, the victim testifying, Dr. Ford, mm-hmm. and then just a few minutes ago, you and I were listening to Judge Brett Kavanaugh. It was unbelievable. And he's uh, President Trump's uh, Supreme Court nominee. He came out swinging in the early moments of his testimony to senators saying, this confirmation process has become a national disgrace. I mean, so this, it, is, this, is, this is his yes. opening mm-hmm. statement. As, as if he's the victim. What he's doing, Jamal, is the typical aggressor. Flipping. yeah. Uh, typical uh, trait and uh, tactic that aggressors with power use over their victims. They turn it upside down. They flip the script. Yes, exactly. And rather than coming clean on what he, what he you know, ha, you know, had done, he is making the victim the aggressor and victimized again. And victimizing her again. That's right. So so early on, we listened to the testimony of Dr. Christine Blaisley Ford, and she said, and I'm quoting, she was terrified, but she, you know, when she came, and she seemed early on uh, to be nervous, justifiably so. Of course. And she said she was terrified, uh, but she delivered a powerful testimony to the Senate Judiciary Committee about her accusation that Judge Brad Kavanaugh sexually assaulted her. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you because I want to talk to you. Uh, I just want to again remind our listeners, we have two experts in a way uh, (laughs) to talk about this topic. Yes. Uh, My colleague, Dr. Jess Ghanem, to talk about trauma. Trauma. And bullying. Bullying and how when victims basically, uh, I mean, the big question is like, why now? Why did she wait, I don't know, 30, 40 years? And why does this happen? And, of course, the bullying aspect, and for those of you who have seen Dr. Rabab Abdelhadi, and we've discussed Ahmed, and yes. we've discussed uh, for her, years her work, but for she's years. also an expert on on gender equality. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is part of your work yes. and, and research. Mm-hmm. But so, also I want to say, and has been subjected to bullying. And has been, you know, and we're going to get to that. Sort, we'll but but first I want to I talk, can speak to that. But, but, <laughs> yeah. but, Unfortunately, you can yeah. speak to that yeah. as an yeah. expert. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you've been receiving it now right. for years. Right. Right. So first, exactly. so first, Jess, I mean, to you, this whole thing, this is kind of... Uh, been listening to all these analysts and uh, therapists and what have you, trying to like, oh, why now? Those who want to doubt her, oh, why can't she remember the date? Why can't she remember the everyone's name in the room? And we know that she was subjected to trauma, and and she, for one thing, she remembers specifically 
that her uh, abuser is Judge Kavanaugh. I mean, she she yeah. she she recounts. You know, she remembers his face because they asked her time and time again, are you sure? Is that the, the person? But why can't she remember? She remembers remembers her attacker, but then she doesn't remember all the other details. It's a really good question, Jamal. And just so that our listeners may understand this, this is this is the area that I have done, you know, quite a bit of, you know, research in and have spoken with uh, trauma survivors, uh, survivors of torture, survivors of sexual assault. And I found Dr. Ford's testimony today to be not only completely credible, but completely consistent with what we know based on the research of what happens to people and uh, the brains of people who are exposed to sexual assault and trauma. And the net net of what we know based on all of our decades of experience is that when you have such a powerful trauma that you're exposed to, it is very common to remember only certain very vivid elements of it, but to forget and to be unable to recollect the things that are on the periphery, like Mm. who else might have been there, the exact date, the exact time. The peripheral details are very difficult, if not at times impossible to recall. And what happens is that the very vivid aspects of the trauma are recalled. Like Dr. Ford said today, she remembered the Kavanaugh and Mark Judge laughing. She says that that was seared into her Mm -hmm. brain. Mm -hmm. She knew absolutely that it was uh, Brett Kavanaugh that uh, sexually assaulted her. She knew that her mouth was covered. She knew about the music. So the fact that she could remember such vivid details, but not the other kind of peripheral elements is 100% consistent with someone who's had traumatic exposure. Second, here is a fundamental problem we have about trauma. When you're traumatized like that, you automatically try to forget about it. Mm. It's a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. It's a survival mechanism. And so it is completely expected that someone who's had that kind of traumatic exposure would, number one, be reluctant to talk about it, especially a woman who has been sexually assaulted because the shame, the humiliation, the not being believed in terms of patriarchy, That's of right. being, you know, of, of being like... Questioned all the time. Yeah, questioned and not yeah. believed is just so humiliating. So there's the cultural aspect. But here's the other part, Jamal. Mm-hmm. When... Trauma survivors talk about the trauma, they get re-traumatized. Yeah. Which was apparent today. Yes. I mean, she started really terrified. So you don't want to talk about it because if you talk about it, you're going to get re-traumatized. It's very painful. Everything that she spoke about today, the fact that she hasn't talked about it, even she didn't speak to her husband about it until, you know, 2012, Mm -hmm. many decades after they were married. And then and she had to go to therapy, talk she to had her to therapist. Go into, and, and it's an incredibly difficult thing to speak about. And in fact, uh, Dr. Ford's depiction of her experience and the way she spoke about it today, not remembering it, reluctant to talk about it, is almost the textbook of what we understand about the role of trauma on an individual. Mm-hmm. Sexual assault, bullying, and trauma. It, it's a, and uh, for women, You know, we know, for example, one out of three women in high school and college uh, report that they have been sexually assaulted or been exposed to sexual violence. This is just from women who are able to admit it. But frequently, Jamal, people people don't don't remember these things. And they don't report. They don't report. Report enough, yeah. They don't remember, and it may take decades and decades for them to recover the memory because it's too painful and difficult to recall it. Uh, turning to Dr. Rabab Abdelhadi, from your experience yes. and your study uh, about gender mm-hmm. equality right. and in workplace, in academia, yes. uh, I mean, some, I mean, some has described her as a very, very brave woman. Mm-hmm. And which is a very important, especially in this time with the Me Too movement movement, ongoing. 
how much of a toll does this take on on women it's, it takes in the workplace? Yeah. Really, I mean, not yeah. not yeah. even to think about that she was physically and sexually yes. assaulted, but even that bully, bullying. Yes. Yes. Well, let me uh, say um, a couple of things. One is uh, uh, the question of, of, of trying to even talk about it and trying to be co- constructed as an angry person or emotional song mm. as a way to actually dismiss any possibilities because there is this construction of rationality versus emotionality so that it's a dichotomy that, that we're all emotional we're rational beings we're all at the same time which, it which is, is not by what, the way yes, in, from the beginning right. they, they tried to say you know that she's unstable yes, that she, yes. she, they questioned her credibility right and She's this is and this and, and this is and this is exactly what happened. I I I'm, I don't particularly work specifically on on, on on sexual harassment, but I have a lot of colleagues who are working on campus sexual harassment and bullying and so on. And we constantly compare and think about the two issues together about the whole question of what does it mean to not be believed? What does it mean to be questioned all the time? What does it mean to even have to say the memories again and again and again? I also think that it's it's something that you experience as somebody who has been harassed and bullied is there is this 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 thing about the, 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 the memory loss. Yes. What is it that you remember? What is it that you do not remember? And why is it that some memories are quite vivid and some memories are not vivid at all? It's kind of like no matter how much you try you forget and That's and it's something it I'm actually I'm experiencing I'm, I'm experiencing myself yes. in certain concepts but also I wanted to even before we even talk a little bit more about uh, gender I think well yesterday we had this uh, big um, open classroom at San Francisco State right. uh, commemorating the Sabra and Shatila massacre the 36th anniversary Speaking and last of week trauma. And this is really interesting. Last week, we had a big event at uh, McGill University on women and war. And we did uh, a lot of the analysis. Some of it we actually could not put online because some people were quite uncomfortable to discuss it. And, but then yesterday, it's for the first time I selected to show Waltz with Bashir. I've never seen the film, mm-hmm. the Israeli film about the Israeli soldiers. And it's all about whether the, Isra- the, the person who made the film is able to remember was he there at Sabra and Shatila? What had, did he do? And everybody who everybody who was in the Israeli army saying, yes, you were there. And so why isn't he's, he isn't remembering that? But he is remembering the 26 dogs that they killed who mm-hmm. were the warning signal to the Israeli army that's moving. And he's saying, you, this was there. It was happening. It was going on. We saw, we saw the body parts. We saw. And it's very, very interesting about what even the perpetrators, what they remember, especially if they are trying to uh, not, to uh, accept responsibility and accountability as a collectively and so on. But to also think, and th- but the other aspect of it that I was thinking about, the whole question of memory and gender and sexual violence is about the Palestinian women That's who right. also get, get uh, sexually tortured in prison. And even the way when people say you are so brave and you're so courageous, mm-hmm. uh, if you are a victim of bullying mm-hmm. all the time, and I know this, I actually, when people say to me, you're so courageous, you're so brave, I'm, and, and I'm, I don't even know what to say to that because what does this mean? I mean, do I have a choice but to uh, to at least be able to fight back by speaking up about the bullying and telling the bully to stop? The problem is with the bullies is that bullies do not take no for an answer. That's right. Bullies lash out. Mm-hmm. Bullies lash out and they get and they get so nasty. The more they lose, the more I mean they lose in public opinion. The more they the the, the victim fights back. The minute the victim stops accepting being a victim and being silenced and being shut up, the bully gets actually quite nasty. Mm-hmm. And the bully lashes out and a bully tries to destroy completely, not destroy the victim emotionally, destroy the credibility of the victim, well, make the victim sound like Dr. crazy. Ford. And Exactly. And my yeah. question is, for those who come out and speak mm-hmm. about it, mm-hmm. what do they have to gain? Then the, what, what the only thing, well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why. I will tell you why from my own experience. The reason I speak up is because if I do not speak up, I feel completely disempowered. I feel no power whatsoever. So if I do not speak up, I'm being victimized again and again and again because of the picture that's being painted. About. So I have to speak up. At the, at the same time, every time I speak up, it's the you. bullies lash out again right. and they actually victimize me all over again, victimize her. I mean, this is the whole which you talked about just I mean this is this is your area of study I'm not I'm not in psychology but I I have research I have interviewed a lot of survivors including at the Sabra and Shatila so right. not only survivors of the 
massacre, but also survivors of sexual violence during rape again mm. and again. I've know, I've studied and I've met and I've talked to a lot of Palestinian women who were tortured in prison. I myself was in a young girl growing under occupation. Me and all, all the girls, we were always subjected to sexual harassment by Israeli soldiers. And when Israeli soldiers are in a jeep, there is nothing you can do. I mean, there is nothing you can do except to try to go to another street, but they may be on the other street. If they cuss at you, you can't go tell your parents because what are your parents going to do? You're going to challenge your parents to go to actually confront the Israel. So, so as a young child, you actually uh, learn, which is not a good thing. You learn to uh, to to accommodate yourself to survival strategies and you become silent but, uh, you in certain things and then you think about speaking up for other things other and so things. on but until now now you're talking to me i am exactly remembering how i was feeling as a young kid working to school that's right in my little uniform in my you know black, green and white striped uniform to school and how what israeli soldiers will be standing there on the jeep and again it continued throughout but, my Bob, high school d- d- yeah. don't you think it's interesting that the structure of uh, bullying and assault mirrors so closely the occupation of Palestine. It, it does, and the, coloni- and the colonial project. Yes. Because embedded in the colonial project is subjugation, trauma, and bullying of of the people that are being, you know, right. uh, and it's, colonized. It's power. And I actually want to bring up uh, the name of one of my colleagues, Simona Sharoni, yeah. who, ha- who has worked a lot about the whole question of gender violence in Israeli society. And at one point, she was talking about the whole question of the bystander the perpetrator that's right the, I mean yeah. this because it doesn't involve only uh, there's not just only the victim and the victimizer and the perpetrator there is also the people who are supposed to be quote unquote bystanders standing by that which and, and she was talking about she's saying well this is very similar to what's going on in Palestine that's right and there was a huge huge attack against her by the Zionist groups who were saying you cannot be saying this because and she because she said a that this is what the this is what's going on this is very similar, exactly what you are saying. But B, she also said that there is no such thing as a bystander because the bystander needs to decide, are they going to standing by and allowing the victim and the, and the, the atrocities to continue or are they going to do something about it? Which also amounts to the, what Bishop Tutu said, with men, where we say all the time that if you are, if there is a question of justice and injustice, if you do not say anything about it, you are actually perpetuating injustice. That's right. You're not a bystander. You're not innocent. Mm-hmm. You are you're not neutral. There and is it, no such neutrality when there is complicity. And, and you I, need to participate. That's yeah, right. There yeah. are no bystanders. Yeah, right, right. And, and, and the the question of and the same thing is going on mm. in these uh, in the Senate in the Senate right Hearing, now. Yeah, yeah. And what you're what you're seeing is mm-hmm. kind of a microcosm, right. if you will, about this whole thing about power, patriarchy, yeah. oppression, mm-hmm. and and it it, it is the, how the occupation. Well, is the structured. interesting thing yeah. also this whole committee it's a committee of eleven male. Well, on, yeah, the on the Republican side, side yeah, on the majority, on the majority. and they use and they don't have in the, the questioning. And they don't have the an adep- They don't have the courage to, to speak themselves. Exactly. So, mm. so they bring a woman uh-huh. to, to speak on a their district behalf. attorney to or well, a you're always enlisting members of the of the oppressed community to act to like uh, to do yeah. the bidding, like the foremen. I mean, this is what the foremen do in slavery, in any con- in any context of These oppression. Are the house, they are the, the one, yeah, the end, yeah, yeah. They're the ones who are actually implementing it, and then the system looks so good, but they are the ones who are running around mm-hmm. actually uh, on one hand speaking from two sides of their mouth and it's 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 quite interesting the way it uh, it happens again and I think I want to just mention in this we need to also recall the hearings um, with Anita Hill and Clarence that's, that's Thomas right. which is again the whole thing and they were talking to, to Anita and she said oh this would never happen again Right. It's happening all over again. It's happening also uh, last month, last two weeks ago, there was a big scandal about this big, big shot Israeli guy mm-hmm. who was advisor to Netanyahu, yeah. who has, was harassing people left and right. And, it, and, and I think it's really, for me, the lesson well, about the pre- that is the, power. The former is president power. Of, yeah. of, of, of Israel is in jail right. serving right. for right. sexual assault. Right. I mean, there's many, many people. And, and, and the, the, the thing is, is that the ways in which power 
enables bullies to bully more on multiple fronts. So if people think this is just about gender and this is just about a woman who is speaking up, I think it's actually quite a problem. If they do not think about all of this stuff, and this is why the right wing is so invested mm-hmm. in getting Kavanaugh uh, to become the Supreme right. Court judge, because there is an agenda that's going with the Department of Education, with Kenneth Marcos, with DeVos, with uh, Pomeo, with everybody. All of them are doing this. Yeah. You're listening to the voice mm-hmm. of Dr. Rabab Abdel Hadi. And uh, of course, for our followers on Facebook Live, you're seeing this. Uh, conversation live and uh, uh, we've called on Dr. Rabab's expertise on this issue but we're going to talk also about because you are you you yourself is a victim of bullying on the institutional level but can I speak a little bit about Palestine continue to talk a little bit about Palestine because I've actually just finished um, um, a paper about the whole question of the the violence in Israeli society towards Palestinians in particular and the ways in which a society can or cannot allow violence to continue against a particular community. So we saw, for example, from 2014 up to the present, the ways in which members of the Israeli um, military, members of the Israeli right wing, attack people, Palestinians, and attack even members of the Knesset. I mean, the, the attack against Hanin Zoubi mm-hmm. in right. 2000, not even in the Knesset itself, where she's being silenced by her colleagues, but also in the demonstration, right wing demonstration during the war on Gaza in 2014, in the way they actually called straight out rape against her. I yes. mean, and the, and I was trying to look about, did anybody protest that? Did anybody actually have a problem? The same, I mean, they called for the killing of Ahmad Tibi's children, mm-hmm. who was another member of the Knesset. So all of this stuff is happening. And the question is, is that what, where is the rest of the community is? And so I want to bring that back also, because now today there is a big community that's the Me Too movement and many other people. It's not just people who are concerned about only gender equality and women's liberation. Right. It's everybody who's, who's concerned with the question of justice that uh, saying that this is not okay. And we really need to stand against it. And this is the same question that has been raised again and again, and which the film raised last night, mm-hmm. the, the Waltz with Bashir, about where what is the what is the role of the other people in an oppress, oppressive society towards actually standing up for justice for the people who are being oppressed. So what happens with Israelis when the Israeli uh, well, government think, and the Israeli military is I think is this oppressive. is a very yeah. important point, mm-hmm. Rabab, because mm-hmm. one of the things that uh, Israeli society attempts to do with their branding mm-hmm. is to speak about their society as this beacon of democracy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. protection of rights mm-hmm. of, of all people, yet they live in this world of denial because we've mm-hmm. talked about the indivisibility yeah. of justice, of justice. and right. yet it seems like the Israeli point of view is that justice can be divided. I think that the Israeli government and the Israeli right wing, and I think that this is why it's actually quite um, gratifying, smaller numbers um, in Israel, Small. but there is a, gr- a movement, there is a movement that's speaking up, there is a movement that is refusing to accept, and we were talking about this also at San Jose State University two days ago, about the ways in which many people now, including American American Jews as well, mm-hmm. who are refusing to accept Israel speaking in their name, Zionism speaking in their name, the Zionist establishment speaking in their name, which is which is the group part of the the group that's trying to bully me, um, bullying me actually. And the the fact that there are more and more and more voices who are speaking up and saying, no, you do not speak in our name, and and they are refusing to say we are going to be painted by the same brush. Right. as Israel and Zionism. We, you don't speak in our name, never again for anybody, and we are standing for justice for and, all. And, and I think it's tech. really, and of course they get they, attacked. They, yeah. they don't get, uh, they, they get prevented from entering like Peter Beinart and so on. Of course, this is goes to many, the thousands of Palestinians who are uh, not allowed to enter. It goes against uh, all our colleagues in the various uh, academy who are being attacked left and right. It's true that the Zionist movement has focused more and more and more on Palestinians now, recently. Is because I think it's also very problematic for them when we talk about branding and the root institute. It's very problematic for them to keep attacking uh, Jew, Jewish uh, scholars and Jewish activists because the more they attack, the more Jewish scholars and activists and groups and so on. It shows that there is there is fissures. You cannot speak for the you cannot say the Jewish community. You cannot speak in the name of Jews because there are a lot of Jews who are opposing what That's you right. are saying and what you are doing. So what they've what they, very interesting. So they redirected all their all their now attack and their violence and so on against Palestinians. Once in a while they'll 
do something. The Israeli government is uh, targeting the uh, American Jews and uh, Jewish opposition in Israel. Uh, the uh, the Anti-Defamation League, Jewish Community Relations Council, Zionist Organization of America, Kenneth Marcus he, he presently and past the Brandeis Center and so on, Amcha, Lawfare and so on. They do, they, they, they kind of like tweet and so on, attack here and there. But really their vicious attack now is focusing on Palestinians, specifically because they want to make it dichotomous and especially Palestinians, if they can actually make an Islamic, Islamophobic link with it and so on. They basically in, in, inside and enlist multiple systems of oppression, multiple ways of racism in order for them to also escalate. The, also because they, they want to silence the voices and well, they are unable to silence Well, they also, yeah. they also uh, basically, um, you know, they know that they are in a, under an, an administration that gives has, them cover. Gives them the cover. And And, and, and it's in collusion with them. And has done everything right. possible yeah. to mm. not only silence Palestinians, but to to starve them, to deprive them of their of Jerusalem, to deprive them of cultural identity, to now of their refugee uh, now the refugee status, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So this is they're taking advantage of this and this is an opportunity for them. But I wanna go back because I think, you know, back to the Dr. Ford testifying and the mm. other women and others. Uh, but it seems to be empowering in a way, yes. you know, that it's complicated for women to talk about this issue and also that we're seeing more and more voices defending the yes. Palestinians and and that the Zionist organizations are in a panic mm -hmm. because they're not getting all the bang for the bucks that they are spending to silence everyone. Well, I think that's right, Jamal. And um, there's a lot of panic among uh, pro-Zionist uh, supporters right, right. now yes. because they've invested tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars right. yeah. in, in attacking pro-Palestine activists, Palestinian yeah. Yeah. Uh, faculty, right. Palestinian uh, voices, literally hundreds of millions of dollars attacking BDS, right. uh, the amount of money that they've invested in lawfare legally mm -hmm. to attack, yes. uh, even just looking at the amount of resources they've invested in attacking you, yes. Professor Abdul Hadi, is, is staggering mm -hmm. when they think. And as Jamal said, they're not getting their return because actually what they're seeing is that they're losing. You cannot silence justice. No, but it's even, <laughs> I, of course, but we know that. Yeah. But well, but they but can, they can. They can try. They can try and they can yeah. make people afraid. And yes. that's what and they're that's counting what want, on. And that's what I want to get to. Because in fact, the ulterior motive, just as it is with uh, people who perpetrate sexual violence mm -hmm. on women, mm -hmm. as they did with Dr. Ford, cover her mouth, right. turn up the music, yeah. give them the look that if you say anything, this is we're going to come yes. after you. Yeah. And this is part of the strategy. And also resort to ridiculous arguments that boys will be boys. It's as if as if violence and sexual violence is Are something okay. part of the DNA. And it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. By the way, you're listening to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco 89.5 FM. This is Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. So, yeah, I think we should talk about that uh, yeah, a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, I think, I think we can talk about it a little bit, first of all, more broadly, and then we can talk about what's happening with me and with us at San Francisco State and the Ahmed Studies Program. Because so, I, I just yeah, want yeah, just, yeah. just to finish up this point, because it's basically what you said. Because they are afraid, because they are losing, they're investing, they're being more aggressive. Yes, exactly. They're investing more yes. money. The strategies have become... Lawfare strategies, you know, right. they're attacking yes. yeah. uh, bullies. Yeah, bullies. but they're becoming legal bullies. They're becoming verbal bullies, and they're becoming, uh, unfortunately, legislative bullies yes, because yes, yes. they've got Betsy DeVos. They've got mm -hmm. Ken, you know, they've got Mark, Marcus, Ken Marcus. Yeah, yeah. They've got uh, infrastructure. The whole within, cabinet. Yeah, they have an yeah. infrastructure yeah, yeah. within state power right. that is. Right. Right. That is coming down on top of. Uh, but Palestine. look at this. Look at this. So there is every there is there is Trump in the White House. There is Jared Kushner, Greenblatt, Friedman, all of them. Okay, like the three Troika, the Troika who are supposedly the advisors on Palestine, are three investors in settlements. I mean, direct investors, not even actual not even investors. actual investors. Money invested in settlements. They actually, yeah, they actually continue to do that. So they, this is this is what's happening on the state level, on the on the official U.S. state level. Then you go to various states, you'll see that, including in the state of California, we have a number of legislatures who have actually pushed one legislation under another, trying to equate 
anti anti Zionism and criticism of Israel with anti Semitism, right. which is, has been also fought against, including by the guy who even drafted the State Department problematic, horrible definition about anti Semitism and tried right. to. Ma- it's also very similar to what's happening with Jeremy Corbyn and the Labour Party in Britain. That's it's right. happening all over, and it's very so. There are certain things that are going on, because on one level you will see Trump and Pomeo and the white supremacists, Richard Spencers, and and the people in, in the AFD in 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 Germany, and all these people who are quite right wing and quite anti-Semitic, actually allying themselves with Israel. Well, I mean, and the money and Mercer. They and, just had yeah, a whole yeah. report about. Right. Uh, you know, in, Germany. in Germany, that right. they're allying themselves to the white supremacists. And what's her name? Mercer. She yeah, actually yeah. has paid tons of money to AFD to make them win. Geert, uh, what's his name? Geert, what's his name? The guy Geert in Wilders. Yes, in in in, in uh, Netherlands. I mean, everywhere. This is so on one hand, this is going on, right? On the other hand, you also have the Israeli government and the mis- Ministry of Strategic Affairs, okay, trying to actually directly spy. Intimidate. They're spying also uh, on Jewish activists. uh, On Israeli, also, Israeli groups as well. Okay, they're trying to do all of this stuff in order to try to stop the tide of history, as my lawyer, Benham Garagosli, always says the tide has turned. Okay, three. They have the Israel on Campus Coalition mm-hmm. and the Canary Mission and David Horowitz, all of these people who are trying to specifically silence the voices on campuses that have historically spoken up for justice and truth, especially now that we are marking the 50th anniversary of the 1968 San Francisco, longest San Francisco State uh, student strike, which right. was led by the Black Student Union and the Third World Liberation Front, including our brother Terry Collins, Terry who's Collins, right? here, uh, the chair of the, um, in the, works in the station and ver- been very supportive, and will be speaking next week in Octo- October 3rd in my class at 7 p.m. along with other strikers, Steve Zelzer, Margaret, Lee- Margaret uh, Leahy, and many others about support for Ahmed. Actually, they came up and they said we would like to start our uh, activities about commemorating the strike with our support for Ahmed studies wow. because we believe if. Ahmed is not allowed to survive Arab and Muslim ethnicity and diaspora studies, then there is no point for us to have done this strike. So look at all of the stuff that is going on. They're really trying to silence. They have lawfare, okay? Mm. They have Adelson, Sheldon Adelson, who invested millions and millions and millions of dollars to actually tens silence of any tens, tens of, of millions millions. to silence anything uh, not on campuses and off campuses and also donated heavily to the midterm elections that are coming he's, up. He's, he's yeah. actually the number uh, one now donor, donor to the Republican Party. Yeah, they, yeah they've just yes. published. You know, yeah, surprise. it was in the New York Times two, two three days yeah, ago. Right. But OK, so all of this stuff, it's very, very interesting. They're doing all of this stuff. They're attacking, targeting. There is all these tweets now about open against Open Hillel, there is all these ways even against Linda Sarsour who came to speak. I mean, there is so many attacks left and right and there is no return on the money. And why is that? Because you can try to intimidate. You can try to bully. One victim may get silenced because it's the, the price is too heavy. It's too costly. Second, but there is too many victims and there is too much, there is too many injustices that you have to speak up. So the more you speak up, they are lashing out and they actually in the short term, uh, the cost is actually quite exacting. As Brooke Goldstein said, we're going to make the enemy pay. And the, law, the lawfare want, lawsuit want, against me is specifically, talking, I mean, talking you know, about yeah, the money, yeah, do, right. you, do you want to know the figure behind the money when yeah. we talk about the money? Okay, go ahead. It's 120 million dollars. Right. 60 million dollars were raised in Las Vegas mm-hmm. by Sheldon Adelson and Haim Saban. Right. About two years ago. And the other 60 yeah. from the Israeli government. And no, 40 million were matched by the Israeli government. They recently raised another $20 million. Mm-hmm. This is roughly yeah. over $120 million. Of what we know of. In, in, that, that we, we know, know of. In yeah. the past yeah. two years. Yeah. Basically, for this machine, the Hasbara machine, mm-hmm. uh, to silence people and intimidate, and, and intimidate yeah. uh, academics. And it's all, uh, basically, most of this money is targeting College campuses. Yeah, we're not talking about but, the but, general funding. But, the, but that's so. Why, but that's why I think it's so topical that we're speaking about this now. Yeah, this is yeah, no yes, different than yes. what we're seeing it's in the intimidation, Senate. bullying, it is intimidation, and trying to cause people trauma. Exactly, and they're causing Look, people trauma. The I want. I was just share with you. I mean, some of we, uh, uh, you know, and your listeners know, and but we may have new people. With just give you some examples of what happened at San Francisco State. 
our searches for faculty lines were canceled by the president, the previous president. After they were promised, cutting after it. Not, over, they, not only promised, it's not even a, a, a talk word of no, mouth. It it's a paper. contract. Contra I have a legal contract called Memorandum of Understanding. My legal contract, I would have never come to San Francisco State if they had not committed to faculty, faculty lines to, 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 to critical mass in order for us to build the program that they wanted to bring, that they came after me. So they, they, they canceled the searches. This is, and then the, the Jewish Community Relations Council organized a delegation coming to San Francisco State to protest against actually a speech by Omar Barghouti, co-founder of the BDS movement and the Boycott National Committee, who lost his mother last week, and the, the Israelis refused to allow him even to go to the funeral. Okay, uh, uh, and then our the press president, as a result of the of, of the collusion and the collaboration, and I don't think it's only just pressure. There is collusion and collaboration because people can decide. Went and cancelled the, the the lines themselves. Then we have the Amcha group mm -hmm. that has come and accused us of glorifying the murder of Jews. And of course, none of it, all of it is baseless because if this had happened, it would, I would have been prosecuted a long time ago as a hate crime. Then they tried to enlist Islamophobia, which they've done in order to attack us and so on. And so far, until now, there is no statement on the record of San Francisco State University specifically around Islamophobia, except whenever they mention something, they'll say anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. But there isn't anything specifically no, about what's fact, going on. They welcome, we welcome right. Zionists right. on uh, campus. The, the, even this is the most uh, the recent episode uh, before the pre we have also uh, david horowitz putting and canary mission four sets of posters on our campus two including the la one, one of them the one before you. me and you and also many of our colleagues joan barker from the american indian movement who went to palestine uh, with me in 2014 and many of our students who are who have been who their homes were called they were they were threatened with sexual violence. I mean, this is something That's that people... Thing, I mean, look at all this, that, that, that their livelihood were being destroyed, that they are actually afraid to walk around on campus and there is no support for... There is no support despite the, 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 the lip service that the campus pays. Then you come to the campus campus watch that actually has put a petition to the, to undermine and try to demean the agreement that we've done with, with the Najah National University That's on right. the prodding of President Wang. We have also the, the lawfare lawsuit we have also President Wong saying Zions are campus on, welcome on campus, which is actually it's mind boggling because in this day of age, how could you say, are you going to say white supremacists? Are you going to say like Trump? Oh, everybody has a point of view. You know, the white supremacists had a point of view and the people who are against the white supremacists have a point of view. But the Wong Nazis have a point of view. Like one student two days ago at San Jose State well, this was is, saying. This is like equating the victim, the rapist, with exactly the rapist. That's exactly what this kid victim. said. Yeah, this is what the kid said. He said um, Abed uh, Ma'ari, and he was one of the people who was targeted also by Canary Mission and by the Zion on campus. He said, and, and by the way, he has also been victim recently we just discovered of the Israel on campus coalition ICC who were putting fake posts about him on Facebook mm -hmm. this is the most recent and you know the forward by the way the Jewish newspaper is actually writing publishing a lot of the stuff and putting it out there and as well as open Hillel and a whole bunch of other groups he said he said well when you have a, a victim a rape victim testifying would you have to also hear of the victim of the victimizer when you have somebody who is speaking about their experience of the Holocaust you want to have a Nazi sit down and speak they, they, if you are talking about yes, the why the people who are victim victims of lynching you're going to have somebody from the KKK, why are you saying that, That you know, I mean, of course, in the minds of the right wing, this is what's happening. This is exactly but what's happening. But that's what they want. But, it is, but this is what is so ridiculous. I know. And, this, and, they, and the problem is that they are trying to normalize it, as President Wang said, by actually saying that it is okay and it's about inclusion. If you want to say it's about inclusion, then you also should say invite, you know, Richard Spencer and you should invite, you have them all because this is what you are saying. You are saying that actually oppressors you are going to give them, it's not even that they have the same right to speak because nobody has ever silenced, silenced. They, are, they have the airwaves, they have the government, they speak everywhere, they have tons of millions of dollars and so on. So I have never said that they, could, they couldn't speak or students, Zionist students could go to classes. Some of them, actually I had Zionist students who got A plus in my classes and they earned the work, they get it. It's not, that's, that's part of the education, right? But if you are saying 
that actually it is about even-handed. It's not about even-handedness. You are, you are basically legitimizing a racist colonialist ideology that is continuing to kill people on the border of Gaza, that is continuing to evict the people of Khan al-Ahmar from their homes, that is, is that it's now, until now, the victims of the Sabra and Shatila massacre have not been avenged, have not even had their day, of course. They, they've, they tried Criminal, to go to the international criminal court and they, there is never, there has not been accountability about that. There is a lot of things that have been censored from Rabin's diary, from many places. Yesterday, the Institute for Palestine Studies put out some of the of the testimonies that uh, William Quant mm-hmm. has received when he was uh, um, um, when he was a consultant to Time Magazine, when Sharon sued Time Magazine for libel, they lo- right. he lost. But uh, William Quant is sharing some of this stuff. So some of the secret documents are coming out, Maybe and you are coming. Al-Akbar, by yeah, the way. and 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 this is and you, the president of a university that actually is marking 50th anniversary of social justice is coming to say in this day and age, after all of this evidence is there, Zionists are welcomed. I mean, how are you? I don't, I, I honestly, I really don't. I mean, I criticized him. I said, this is really wrong. This doesn't stand for us. I would like him to retract his statement. And this is also not only offend, offensive to us. It's offensive to everybody who stands for justice. And it's offensive to our sisters and brothers in the Jewish community who do not allow Israel to speak in their name. So for him to actually say that Zionists are welcome and equating Zionists and Jews, everybody is the same, that's in itself is on, it's anti-Semitic well, uh, you know, exactly, propaganda. But, but we have a president that says there's good people on both sides, right. yes. speaking of yes. white supremacists. So are you saying that President Wong is the same as uh, President Trump? Uh, I'm saying he, yeah. In, in fact, it's the same rhetoric. I would like to raise the question and hope that he would actually be able to change and he would actually live, have the, 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 the mission of social justice that San Francisco stands for match no. the actions of San Francisco. I, I, want since, him to since, stand, I want him to stand up for the indivisibility mm-hmm. of justice. So, so since, yeah, since yeah, you yeah. brought up uh, both of you the subject, uh, we want an update on what's happening on campus. We okay. want an update on what's happening with the, with the lawsuit or the okay. lawsuits. Okay. Uh, because I think since last time we spoke, right. uh, there was the hearing, right. and we are, we meaning the community and everyone is, uh, they we're, were waiting. waiting for to hear right. to, from the judge. Mm-hmm. So let me um, share, share an update and share good news and bad news. Okay, so, okay, give us the yeah. bad news. First. No, no, no. I mean, you want to give the good news? The first? bad news, I can tell you that the bad news is that actually we are getting squeezed more than ever on yes. campus. Mm-hmm. That things have gotten to the point where it's really, really, really intolerable. The intimidation, the 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 bureaucratic use of bureaucracy and so on, the cancellation yes. of courses, yes. uh, the attempt to take away the decision making and actually taking the decision making of Ahmed from me, uh, and. Uh, Unfortunately, it's also been done by people who are supposed to be standing for justice, who claim that they stand for justice and so on. And uh, uh, and the, all the attempts to actually try to squeeze us, the Ahmed program, once again, uh, our lines have not been reinstated, the two faculty Ahmed lines. Once again, I am a one-person faculty member doing the job to three to four people. Once again, I do not have, I do not have staff. Ahmed does not have staff that's paid by the university. I pay out of my pocket for students I'm hiring. It's been over now a year and a half that I've been doing it uh, because the university is refusing to uh, sub- support the program. Ahmed does not have an operating budget. Every time I say I would like, I need that, they say to me, well, why don't you use the travel research travel funds? And I'm saying, no. OK, so add that to you want to you want to even and it's been hindered a lot. So there is a lot of bureaucratic, the use of the bureaucracy. Look, when oppressors would like to, to, to do it, they can use the bureaucracy to the maximum in order to squeeze and silence. And and uh, and so many things have happened, and we talked about them many times here in the program. So and we will be we will we will be talking some more about that. And I'm not taking it silently. I'm actually I do have a grievance. I filed a grievance a year and a half ago with through 
through the union. The union is amazingly supported the California Faculty Association because precisely because they realize what the indivisibility of justice means. Yes. Because they realize that this is not exceptional to me. It is not exceptional to Palestine. It is something that they are actually trying to crush any possibilities of us speaking up for ourselves. But the case, my case, becomes so intensified and unique because it's coming at me from all directions. And I'm one person trying to make a program survive. So in this sense, I want to just say the good news is that what we're doing is we have beautiful classes. We have students really excited. Like last night, we had over 70 students coming to an open classroom and they would not leave. The class finished at 9.45. We stayed until 11 at night having mm -hmm. discussion because everybody wanted to discuss. People are eager to have a discussion. They want to understand what is going on in the current moment. Our, our classes are timely. They're relevant. They're appropriate. They're necessary. They fulfill multiple uh, general education requirements. Uh, we actually also make it the students are learning. Our students do really well for themselves. They go on and they be, go to graduate studies. They get fellowships and so on. So and that. So we have like, amazing classes, two of which you are teaching Jamal, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm teaching, let's say, three classes. Mm -hmm. But one class is one with one student, uh, because the Edward Said course that I wanted to teach was canceled mm -hmm. against my uh, best objection. Many, many times I objected and I said, this is not my, this is not what best for Ahmed. This is not what best for the program. I'm the director of Ahmed. I should be able to decide what's best. Absolutely. And I, I was over ruled and the, the course was cancelled. I was assigned the course that is part of my expertise. I'm the co-editor of the Arab and Arab American Feminism, but I haven't taught the course in two years. And I said it was going to be a hardship for me to with everything that I have going on to, the to revise the new course and so on. But I was assigned. So I like a good soldier, I prepared the syllabus, I prepared the class, I did all of the work. Until now, I have one student in the class. I go to the to the class, there is nobody shows up. I just sit there, okay? And uh, and it's, it's actually quite a problem because it's also a waste of resources for the students, it's a waste of resources for the university, Absolutely. it's a waste of resources for everybody. To uh, And it's also the fact that actually, you know, like the, two days ago was the fifth anniversary of the passing of Edward Said. Mm -hmm. This would have been an amazing opportunity to have a course on Edward Said to yes. be Right. able to do it so uh, so but we have the we 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 we're now uh, searching for uh, candidates for edward said scholarship so students are applying so we're doing that uh, we are having our open uh, classrooms public events uh, this i mean th there is the excitement that's going on and i already put in the list of the courses i want for the spring and i'm going to continue i'm going to continue demanding i know i'm called too demanding by the president i know and too demanding. Uh, and uh, you know uh, the past dean called me nagging and that I'm a broken record and so on. I mean, this whole character well, assassination this, business well, this is the of same thing, constructing me as a, as, a crazy, as a crazy black woman, presumed right. incompetent. Yeah, but uh, that's it's the happened. bullying. That's bullying. It's bullying. Well, of course it's bullying. This is part bullying. of the yeah. Yeah. bullying and the same argument that they, the Republicans tried to make against uh, Dr. Ford, that exactly. she's not credible. Yeah. Yeah. She's maybe, you know, she has lapses in memory. She mm -hmm. doesn't have witnesses. Why did she wait? This means she's concocting, you know, right. it's, it's part right. of her imagination yes. Yes. to take away your credibility. Right. right. And and to also keep saying that I'm 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 an angry, like an angry but of course I am angry. Why and why be, wouldn't you be why, angry? Why, why but the way angry? they construct communities, uh, marginalized communities, colonized communities are always say they're angry because in the back mind, the unmarked category is rationality, that there is no rationality, that it is just a person who's lashing out. And it's very, very interesting Ooh. construction. And this is historically what colonialism and what racism and what sexism has actually constructed ad, uh, against people who are standing up for their rights all the time all the time you cannot you cannot say you cannot do anything you try to uh, bully you try to punish you try to silence you take away any possibilities of any resources that you have you are getting attacked again and again and again every day including with the use of the bureaucracy and then when all else fails and you're still standing up and you're still trying to survive and make your program survive and make your program that is a community program accountable to the community and the students flourish and so on then the question that the character assassination comes in because then you have no I mean this is exactly like what Israel is saying okay the Palestinians are crazy bunch who are terrorists who want to they don't want us. peace they're terrorists because that's the what else can you say what else can you say? Because if you say that the Palestinians are actually legitimate, they have legitimate demands, they would like to be able to return home, they'd, be, they'd like to be able to live in peace and dignity and, in, and have justice and be able to go at night and not worry about raids and so on. 
if you say something like that, that opens up the space for the possibilities for the people who are listening. Mm -hmm. And we know that the majority of the people now, more and more people in this country, especially the young people, and including the young Jewish people, are are supporting justice in and for Palestine. If you open up that, if you even open up a debate, that opens up the possibilities for Palestinian legitimate demands to come out. So the, the, the idea, the plan is to completely shut out any kind of debate. It's not about debate. It's not allowing any of us resources, not allowing us rooms, ensuring the rooms in which we have events, travel. constructing us as might be dangerous and so on, uh, cons- restricting travel, uh, taking forever to get forms done, uh, the, uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times of paperwork and, and unnecessary, like useless paper paperwork that actually keeps you busy in order to keep you spinning and, and, and busying you. It's war of attrition. Yes. It comes at you from all. And every time you stand up and you say, I'm going to continue building my program, I'm going to continue doing this. I'm going to continue with my scholarship. I'm going to continue mentoring students. The bullies do not accept that. The bullies lash out. So I just wanted to say, I know you wanted to comment on this, but I wanted to say in terms of the court, on on August 8th, we did come to, uh, we went went to court and Judge Oreck basically said, I'm inclined to dismiss Mm -hmm. because all the charges are bogus. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and every time, by the way, they revise the lawsuit, there are certain things they drop, but they never say they dropped. Like, for instance, the attack on me on Al-Najah. Mm-hmm. They said, I take students to indoctrinate them on terrorism at Al-Najah National mm-hmm. University. They asked for 400, they could receive 440 pages from the university in public record of emails between me and Al-Najah. There is nothing. So then what they did is that they didn't include it in the lawsuit, but no, but they never acknowledged that they were wrong. They never said, oh, we're really sorry. We're accused of something that's not really true. But they keep revising, and the judge said, you have no case. I mean, really, I told you this is what you need to do in November. I wrote the opinion in March. Then they went and revised it again, and they added the whole Zionism thing. And they, they, I mean, they they keep piling on things and so on. They do not know what to do about it. It's completely, it's actually irrational if you look at it. It doesn't make sense. But they keep doing it. So the judge, we're waiting for the judge decision. And meantime, I do have my grievance with the university. I have my grievance, my legal grievance, my, 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 my law, uh, union grievance and I also have part of it is about discrimination and that is actually in process so maybe when in a few weeks we will be able to report on the results of what's going on the investigation is ongoing with that and I'm not going to be silenced I mean they think they are too bad I'm, I'm just letting them know I am not going to go away I'm not going to be silenced you can try to bully me you can try to silence me you can use this McCarthyism and character assassinate and smearing and nasty emails and, and hacking of my account and so on denying me even a working computer okay you can try all of this stuff I'm sorry but I, I'm speaking for justice I'm speaking for justice for me for my program for my students for my community for justice for all I'm I'm really sorry as if as like Boots Riley says sorry to bother you <laughs> I am really sorry to bother you but, but you really need to be bothered if you are a bully and if you're standing for injustice and the, and shape the, up and change your ways and, the, and I will stop and the t- you know. tactics are all the same it's about silencing yes. about intimidation the mm. politics of fear even when you mentioned hacking the computer mm. Dr. Ford had her computer also hacked all these things same techniques well, that's the voice, and I mean this sincerely, of the courageous Professor Rabab Abdul Hadi. It's, it's a complicated word. I know yes, it. I yes. know it's complicated. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Yes. But when we from ab- you, it's a compliment. But when we observe, yes, the, the, the extent to which you you are resilient and persevere with your samud, we see you as a courageous voice and we it's thank my you community. yeah well we we it's see it my struggle and yeah. uh we want to thank all our listeners we're going to be posting this uh interview check us out at uh arab talk dot com arab talk radio.com i'm sorry Perfect. check us out on jamal dajani 2 facebook live we're going to post this on soundcloud arab talk you know at soundcloud and uh, send us your comments and we'll see you next week See you next week.